Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Mark Farzetti here, host of The Farzy Show. And for my show's podcast, I use Anchor. And you should, too. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money off your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Anchor. Oh, and how much would you pay for something like this? Hundreds of dollars? Well, forget about that because it's free. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome in, everyone, to the Farzy Show here at the Steven Singer Studios. The Farzy Show presented by Destination Retirement. DestinationRetirement.com. Oh, my God. Is Joel Embiid even human? I don't, I don't think so. Here's what I do know. James Harden wasn't human in the fourth quarter last night. He was godlike. In the fourth quarter last night, as was a lot of those bench players. We'll get to the key point in that 76ers game four victory last night in South Philadelphia before the series heads back to South Beach. That's right. Joel Embiid's taking his mask to South Beach uh, to try to win this series for game five coming up tomorrow night at 730. Uh, the Phillies are just, they're, they're just not good. They just, they'll tease you. Like, maybe they'll win a series against the Mets. And then they're like, no, nah, we're good. We don't need to win a series against the Mets. Who needs to do that? Uh, so that'll be fun to talk about and discuss with Joe Girardi's future and all that great stuff. But I want to start with happiness. I want to I bask in this for a second because I have had my doubts. I had my doubts about Joel Embiid and what his health really would be, about what percentage of Joel Embiid were we going to get against Bam out of Bayou, playing him and Ding him up at center uh, in the series. Should he return fresh off the concussion? with the broken face uh, and already having torn ligaments in his thumb. Well, it turns out the version of uh, the, the Joel Embiid that we were going to get was the MVP version of Joel Embiid, with the exception of one thing. It's funny how, uh, not funny, haha, but funny as in, hmm, that's ironic. A couple of games, or isn't that a coincidence? A couple of games go by without him playing, and all of a sudden he needs to kind of play himself back into game shape, if you will. And I guess for somebody of his caliber, it's to be expected a little bit. Uh, it certainly showed in last night's game. And who was there to pick up his man? James Harden. James Harden was there to pick up Joel Embiid. Overall, I got to say, 
before we really get into the nitty-gritty of this game, I had this feeling throughout the game that the Sixers were just going to win it. But, but like, for, like what we watched Joel Embiid do coming back with the broken face, what we watched in that game was amazing. And then game four, you, I just had this feeling throughout. Even when Jimmy Butler was going off in the third quarter, for instance, dropping what, 16 points in the third quarter? When I watched that, I thought to myself, uh, I still feel like this is going to be a win. And the start of the fourth quarter uh, came upon us. The Sixers were winning at that point. Joel Embiid was on the bench. And I said to myself, they find a way to win the next four minutes, five minutes, however long Joel Embiid's going to be on the bench. They find a way to win that. They're going to win this game, no doubt about it. And even though throughout this game I had confidence that the Sixers, whatever the heat were going to throw at them, if Tyler Hero got hot again, which he did not, Jimmy Butler was the guy getting hot, but even if the heat got hot again, the Sixers are going to be able to withstand it. And they did, much thanks to the way they played the first four minutes of that fourth quarter. That was something spectacular. We're going to get into James Harden, how much of a shutdown offensive player he was. And that, a closeout, I should say, closeout uh, offensive player he was in the fourth quarter of this game because that was nothing but miraculous. We'll get into that. But to focus in on what I thought was the biggest moment of the game was when Joel Embiid was actually on the bench to start that fourth quarter. And I'm thinking to myself at the start of that game, right at the, when they tipped off and Joel Embiid was on the bench, which I was expecting them to be, I said, all right, win the next couple of minutes here and you win the game. And not only did they win that, they went on a 12-2 to run at the start of the fourth quarter. Start of the fourth quarter, they're up 89-85. You get a Tobias Harris three, you go up 92-85. James Harden hits a, uh, hits a couple of free throws for you, hits a step back. Tyrese Maxey hits a couple of free throws. Uh, George Niang, a couple of free throws. Next thing you know, before you blink, you're up uh, 101 to 87, and you're feeling good about yourself. 7-11. 7-11 of the fourth quarter, Joel Embiid checks back into the game. And whenever the Heat would threaten, whenever you would have a big shot from Jimmy Butler, whenever Bam Adebayo would crash the boards and a putback, or Victor Oladipo would step up with a play, whenever that would happen, James Harden marched down the other end and make great things happen for the 76ers. The step back three was working great for him. I thought on a couple of occasions he forced it, and that's what I've always been saying throughout this entire series. He can't force it. He's got to let the game come to him. It didn't matter last night because last night was the rare occasion where just everything was working for James Harden. Anything he threw up, it went in. And that was the best version of, of uh, James Harden that we have seen so far in a 76ers uniform. It was an incredible performance. And if you go through it play-by-play play in that fourth quarter, going back to my notes here, and you go back to see what you saw from James Harden there, you had that fourth quarter start out. Games one and two, by the way, James Harden had four points in the fourth quarter. He had 16 points in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, the step back three to go up 12. He had another step back three to push, push the lead back to 10. Uh, he had a great drive on Bam Adebayo when he had the mismatch at the top of the key. Uh, that made it 106 to 99. Uh, he had a great step back to really ice the game to make it 114 to 103. That one was on Victor Oladipo to hit that three. It was a wild game. And then I saw this on SportsCenter last night. Harden hadn't scored 25 points or more in a playoff game in his last 13 playoff games. That was the second longest streak of his career. So last night, if there was going to be a night for James Harden to absolutely go off in the fourth quarter, this was the game to do it. 
I was amazed by the way he played this game. And I thought for the most part of this game, for the most part of this game, he took what the defense gave him. Now, if you consult the stat line for James Harden, he had six turnovers in this game. So, yes, there were instances where there might have been an errant pass or two. But for every errant pass, there seemed to be two plays where he was able to find a streaking Tobias Harris under the basket or even uh, a streaking uh, Matisse Thibel was one play that he was able to make under the basket as well. That, to me, is the vintage James Harden that the Sixers need. The guy that had six turnovers, the last night was an example where you'll take that. You'll take the bad with the very much good in a game like what you had last night. That's the version of James Harden that you can live with. That's uh, jacking up threes as long as he's hitting them. That's the version of James Harden you can deal with when he's creating turnovers, as long as he's creating those scoring opportunities, not just for himself, but for his teammates. For instance, if he is driving to the lane and he's got a kickout opportunity to George Niang waiting on the wing, by all means, take advantage of it. Or if he's got Joel Embiid streak into the hoop, little bounce pass to him because he's creating that space, by all means, take it. I will take a turnover here and there if it means you're creating those plays like he was last night. Were there instances where he's still forced a little bit? Yes, absolutely. If you ask him, we'll let you hear from him in our Rothman Orthopedics postgame report. He says the difference between this game and other games was just hitting the shot. Well, six for 10, excuse me, uh, two for five uh, in this game. Uh, when it comes to eight of 18 uh, from, uh, from the field, six of 10 from beyond the arc. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty nice game for himself when it comes to creating things for himself in this game. But that was the most relaxed, most comfortable, most wide open I have seen James Harden since the game I've alluded to many times over uh, in uh, game six against the Toronto Raptors. That was the best I have seen him play since that matchup against the Raptors. It was a very controlled game. Uh, The court vision was off the charts as far as I'm concerned. And what he was able to take advantage of with mismatches, like I referenced earlier at the top of the key with Bam Adebayo taking him on, those are the types of things you can exploit. Tyler Hero, there was an example where the Sixers were swinging the ball around. Shot clock was winding down. Uh, They swing it back to James Harden at the top of the key with about three seconds left on the shot clock. He gets Tyler Hero off balance, slashes to the lane, gets the two points. That's what I'm talking about by uh, by taking what the defense is giving him. There are so many instances where we reference James Harden's blow-by ability. It's just not there anymore like it used to, where he's got a one-on-one defender, whether that be Hero, whether that be even out of bio at the top of the key, or whether that be uh, Victor Oladipo. Those instances of James Harden being able to dribble between his legs a couple of times, face the defender one-on-one, nose-to-nose, those instances of him being able to beat that guy off the dribble aren't there like they used to be. But if he can get that defender a little bit off balance, that's when he can take advantage of it. Those are better instances for him to hit that step back three, like he was able to do with great consistency last night, especially in that fourth quarter, where he will separate himself again as an elite scorer in the league. And that's what you saw come to uh, play to perfection in last night's fourth quarter. They needed somebody to step up. You could tell watching Joel Embiid, he was starting to leak oil. He was starting to leak gas. He was running on empty, running on fumes. And he had Tobias Harris. And most notably, James Harden step up in that fourth quarter so the Sixers could solidify the 2-2 series tie heading back to Miami. Another little number I saw on uh, the old uh, Sports Center last night. Our friend Max McGee was at the anchor desk, by the way. Temple Zone, Cherry Hill Zone, Max McGee at the anchor desk. 82.4% of the time, uh, a series is tied. The Game 5 winner goes on to win the series. Not too shabby. 
Uh, something else that stuck out to me last night was when you needed Tyrese Maxey, he was there. Was it a big night for him scoring-wise? No, he had 18 points, so not a terrible night. Uh, but he had one turnover last night, and I thought Tyrese Maxey played a very controlled game as well. When you have James Harden cooking, when you have Joel Embiid getting it done like he was in the early goings of this game, there were so many opportunities for uh, Joel Embiid just to get, and he was being fronted a lot of times in that first quarter, and it was just feed him in the low post, two points. That was simple as that. Two, feed him in the low post, two points, and one. Go to the line, hit the, th- hit the free throw. It was great to watch that. But when those guys weren't getting it done, uh, Tyrese Maxey was there to hit a shot from the outside. He was there for a drive. He was there for a three. He was there to make a defensive play. He was there to make hustle plays. Tyrese Maxey, I thought, played a great game for you last night as well. And another thing to look at is George Yang off the bench, two for five. Uh, so he hit a couple of threes for you in this game, a couple of them huge for you. But the biggest number in this series, it's funny how I think a lot of these people will talk about, a lot of these players will talk about just making shots. We talked about after game two, James Harden, we just got to make shots. We just got to make shots. I was on on uh, PHL 17 over the weekend with my buddy uh, Jason Lee. He had me on his uh, the sports show, and he asked me about what the biggest difference. It's just about making shots. If you're a sixer, you have to believe that coming home is going to lead to you making shots. Well, go figure. I got the numbers for you right here when it comes to three-point percentage, both for the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. They are almost perfectly flip-flopped between how the Heat shot at home and how the Sixers shot at home. No better example than games one, and, or excuse me, than games two and three. Game two, Miami at home, they shot 48% at home. The Sixers shot 26% on the road in that game two. Flipping around to game three, at home for the Sixers, Sixers shoot 48%, Miami shoots just 23%. And that's pretty much the theme of this series. The Sixers still have the worst shooting performance from beyond the arc in this series, 16% in game two, excuse me, in game one. And then in game four, the Miami Heat shot 20% from the uh, beyond the arc last night. So a lot of this is being dictated about who's making their threes and who isn't making their threes kind of sounds like the modern NBA, but it's to see it. This drastic is unreal. So now it's going to be a matter of whether or not George, the Yang, who was one for 10 in Miami in games one and two and Danny green, who was two for 14 in games one and two can keep it going and help out. Like George, the can help out the bench. Uh, Danny green can help out your starting five by staying as hot as they have been from beyond the arc while they have been at home. Take it on the road with you fellas. <coughs> by the way, I'm still fighting this, this cold feeling strong though feeling stronger as the time goes on let me tell you but if they can continue what they have been able to do at home if this is a new rhythm they've established if they have found their rhythm if they have found their chemistry if they have found their stroke from three-point line then they're going to win this game five tomorrow night and then we can all rejoice at the idea of clinching a six-game series or clinching a seven-game series in six games at home against the miami heat in just a couple of days time that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. If they're going to if they're going to be able to do that, if they are going to do that, you're going to have to rely on exactly what you have seen in the last two games. Uh, Joel Embiid continuously playing himself back into game shape. Not that he not that he looks wildly winded or anything like that. He still gave you 38 minutes last night. Uh, but a guy playing with an orbital fracture, torn ligaments in his thumb, 
I think, oh yeah, and the 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 uh, the uh, the uh, just off concussion protocol. Yeah, I think he's going to take some time to get his legs back under him to be a hundred percent. And he's far from that, as we know. I probably for as long as the Sixers are playing this year, he's not going to be a hundred percent because you know an orbital bone fracture doesn't just heal overnight, as we all know. Not that I'm a doctor, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, go out on a limb and say that. But if the Sixers can continue this pace and shoot even somewhat better. Not as great as they have at home, but just somewhat better. You give me 35%, something more of the league average. You don't got to shoot nearly 50% from beyond the arc like you have in the last two games. By the way, that's what they have done, 48.5%. Each of the last two games for the Sixers at home is what they've shot from beyond the arc. You even shoot 35%. Here's what you can avoid. 16. Stay away from that number. 16% from beyond the arc. You do that, you're not going to win game five. Um, you do something uh, a little bit more average, yeah, you, you got yourself a shot. Because I feel like Jamal Embiid's only going to get better. I feel like uh, James Harden's confidence now is at an all-time high as far as the 76ers career is gone. I feel like Tobias Harris, despite the throat punch he took last night, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now, and Tyrese Maxey is just brimming with confidence. So as far as this team goes, chemistry-wise, performance-wise, you could not have had a better two games at home than what you have had. <clears throat> in these last two games. Um, now I just want to uh, shower some praise on Joel Embiid. I said after game three, you you watch the first two games, and then you watch just game three, and it's like the Sixers were missing something in games one and two, and it has nothing to do with three-point percentage. It's got nothing to do with any number you could throw out there. It has everything to do with feeling like you got the big kid on the block on your squad. It's like you got the big kid at the recess grounds fighting your fight. And when that kid's not in school, you don't feel so good about going up against that bully. But when that kid is in school and he knows, you know, he's got your back, you can play with a hell of a lot more confidence. That was Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's the big kid on the recess grounds. Nobody wants to mess with if he's in your crew. And in game three, the heat to me looked scared that Joel Embiid was going to punch him in the mouth. And that's what he did with his play in game three and him, just his presence in the game made James Harden's game elevate, certainly made Tyrese Maxey's game elevate. And it made me think back to what we had talked about over the last uh, couple of months of this season, just as bad as things would get from time to time with James Harden struggling with James Harden, not being here yet, still dealing with the Ben Simmons drama and all that. Even through all of that, it was just those moments of dear Lord. Thank you so much for Joel Embiid. And game three was the perfect example of that. The perfect example of what made all this to this point worth it. The highest point you could be at through the process is watching Joel Embiid play basketball. Overall, for the team, does it still have to amount into an Eastern Conference final? Does it still have to amount into an NBA final championship a parade? Yes, absolutely. But until then, watching Joel Embiid come back into the series, watching this man's career, watching him get better, looking at little things he does each and every year to improve his game, to, to try to solidify himself as an MVP. It's been a joy to watch. If Joel Embiid, I had this epiphany over the weekend as well. After game three, I was trying to think of like what exactly this means. Is there anything comparable? And I'm thinking to myself, the anniversary of Aaron Rowan 
running into the wall in Citizens Bank Park and breaking his face and doing the press conference all black and blue and bandaged up and all that. I'm thinking to myself, Aaron Rowe is a legend for that. He was a good ball player, certainly not a great ball player, certainly not a level of Joel Embiid in the NBA type of baseball player, not even close. But if Joel Embiid was just a hustle guy, what he is doing, just a a hard worker, a lunch pail to work guy, a blue collar fella, you know, if he was just that guy, a hustle player, he would be immortalized just for play. If he was an off the bench guy playing with a broken face, he'd be immortalized just for that. Now take that type of mindset, take that type of mentality and make him an MVP caliber player. This guy is immortal in the city of Philadelphia. He is up there with the Brian Dawkins of the worlds. He is up there with our Chase Utley's. He's up there with our Jason Kelsey's. He is up there on that, God forbid I say this, Mount Rushmore, if you will, of tough athletes to come through this city. If he was just a hardworking guy, that would be enough to immortalize him. Maybe not put him up there on the Mount Rushmore by any means, but it certainly would be enough where we would praise this guy forever just for playing with a broken face. Off concussion protocol, torn ligaments in his thumb. <coughs> it's miraculous what we're watching. And I, I, will, I, I won't get over it for any time soon. I will tell my grandkids about the, 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 the series Joel Embiid played with a broken face. Regardless of the outcome, maybe if uh, maybe if he didn't have a broken face, they would have beat the Heat. With a broken face, they beat the Heat. Either way, it's a great story. He had a broken face, Poppy. I don't know what they're going to call me. <laughs> Christ, my own kids are only not even three and three months. But like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to go on forever. And I was trying to think it, it, to take it to the next level. Is there ever more of a two-game turnaround than what we have seen in the last two games from a Philadelphia sports team? Because the team I watched in Miami and the team I watch now, yeah, it was obvious they were missing an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. But of the about face, the, the shooting from three-point uh, three land, James Harden's overall play, Tyrese Maxey exploding, it's really hard to think of a, a, a bigger and better turnaround over a two-game stretch than what we have seen from the Philadelphia 76ers in, game, in games two and three, excuse me, in games one and two, and then games three and four. It's just bonkers, if you ask me. Uh, before we get to our Rothman Orthopedic said, uh, yeah, we'll see how it all comes to a head uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 in Miami. The mask heads to South Beach. Let me tell you right now, before we get to our Rothman Orthopedics locker room report, let me tell you about my man Mike Seibert at Destination Retirement. Mike Seibert is a retirement income certified professional in a, at, a, at Destination Retirement LLC and a partner of 1847 Financial. He's an advisor for Eagles, Sixers, and Phillies fans only, and maybe next year the Flyers too. When it comes to long-term savings, why are you giving up the current enjoyment of your income? The answer is to have an income stream in retirement. The, it, only really, it only really makes sense uh, to understand how retirement income streams work so that you can have direct savings in ways that give you the highest income when you retire. Think of it like climbing a mountain. Is the objective to get to the top of the mountain or is the objective to get back down the mountain safely? Going up the mountain is your accumulation phase. Going down the mountain is your distribution phase. These are the different phases of your financial life and each should be addressed separately. This month, let's talk about college planning. 
We all know that college is expensive, but have you ever thought about uh, an efficient and effective way it could help your retirement? Let Mike show you an efficient way to help you pay for your kid's college education while still retiring on your own terms. Step number one, avoid starting your growth cycle over by depleting accounts like 529s for big expenses like college. You don't want to lose your position on your growth cycle and have to start over. You can't get that time back. Instead, set yourself up with the ability to use vehicles that can take money out of without starting your growth cycle over again. Find out how your annual retirement savings can help your college savings. Now your college savings can help your annual retirement savings. Michael, set up your own portal on Retirement Analyzer, then use the software to help you navigate through the different phases of your financial life. For questions or to set up a meeting with Mike, you can email him at gobirds at 1847financial.com or call his office at 484 275 That's 484-275-6035. Uh, you can also visit his website at destinationretirement.com. And as always, go birds and play the song. Let me tell you about Steven Singer. Hopefully you got that beautiful creamsicle rose for mom on Mother's Day. Hope all you mothers enjoyed it. It's a beautiful thing. My mom, she loved it. My wife loves it. Creamsicle Rose. Uh, all those roses started just $59 at IHateStevenSinger.com. But if you're looking to get engaged, if you're looking for that perfect gift for someone's special day, their birthday maybe, maybe you have an anniversary coming up, hit up IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Or head in to the other corner of 8th and Walden and check out Steven Singer's store. Steven will absolutely take care of you right now, and he's doing it with everybody with the perfect price, as he does each and every day. The perfect price at Steven Singer Jewelers. You don't have to worry about whether or not the person next to you is paying more or less than you because they're getting what you're getting, the perfect price. Other jewelers, they like to mark things way up just to mark it down a couple of bucks in front of you, make it feel like you won something. But, Steven, you've already won just by walking in the door because you're getting great quality diamonds at the perfect price price steven singer jewelers one place one price the perfect price every single day i hate steven singer.com without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's give you our rothman orthopedics post game report we'll hear from doc rivers we'll hear from joella bead we'll kind of hear from tobias harris and then we'll also hear from james harden as well but let's start it off with the coach uh your boy duck rivers uh as people like to say although last night it really wasn't ducking too much uh but uh here's coach rivers on james harden's 31-point performance last night with the Sixers. I mean, listen, it's the playoffs, and um, it's like I said the other day, we're all so emotional, one game, you know, and then the next game. So it's just James being James. He played great. Um, we love – you know, I said it before the game. I felt like he was going to have a, a, a big game tonight, you know, and I didn't know 31 points. I didn't know all the other stuff. But you can just sense it. Um, you know, and again, the, the points – are great, but he, if he has 20 points and 14, either way he does it, they're all points for us, and we're good with that. I'm fine with, with that as well. I've, I've talked a lot before. I would love to have, and I know Chris Paul fouled out of his game last night, uh, but I'd love to have more of a Chris Paul mindset with uh, with our boy James Harden in terms of setting up more than trying to do, uh, do it on his own. And now with Joel Embiid back, he obviously doesn't have to do it on his own. But and he's a much better player with Joel Embiid on the floor. They create that spacing for one another. It's great. But I would take that type of facilitating role from James Harden for a guy that would settle for more three-point step back, step back threes. I would love to have that more. I'd love to have the guy that's having the you know 10 to 15 assists type of game. But if he's going to get hot and start hitting those shots from beyond the arc, then you go off, man. I don't have a problem with that. The only problem I have is six turnovers. That's it. And nobody's going to go like six turnovers. That's fine. But if he is giving you what he's giving you offensively, and part of that is because he's forcing a couple of issues, I'm fine with it. Like, it's not great. It's not, oh, that means nothing. 
It certainly doesn't mean nothing. It means something. But if he's having that type of out- offensive output, if he's leading the charge in the fourth quarter the way he was not, for instance, in game two of this series, well, then, yeah, if he's going to be a closer for you, especially with your top dog on the bench, then, yeah, have at it, man. And I love Doc Rivers just going off right there. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's James Harden is going to be James Harden, and uh, he was due for this kind of night, and I was expecting it. Not 31 points, but I was expecting it. Yeah, man, sometimes he's going to eat. And this was his best game, his most clutch game, since joining the 76ers. And after that uh, third quarter where Jimmy Butler absolutely went off and he later what, dropped in 40 points last night, uh, yeah, you were worried that maybe he was going to catch fire in the fourth quarter as well and lead the Heat back to, a, uh, you know, to, to the lead. Wasn't the case. And it wasn't the case for two reasons. One, that entire team stepped up in the fourth quarter, especially those first four minutes that I talked about earlier with Joel Embiid being on the bench. But most notably, James Harden stepping up with 16 points in the frame. That is, that's why they closed this game out. A couple other guys hit some big threes for you as well. Uh, George Deang had a huge three for you. Tyrese Maxey had a great driving layup. Guys were creating. And it all started with the way James Harden was able to play in this game, which was just unbelievable. Uh, Doc Rivers didn't start there. Now, he was asked about carrying this momentum. Like, how are they going to keep this going in Miami? And I thought this is, of all the things we've ripped Doc Rivers for, things he said in the press conference, I think this is one of the things I got to applaud him for because it's a very basic thing when it comes to how they're going to carry this into uh, Miami. There's Doc Rivers after the game. Coach, how do you take this now and carry it with you to Miami? Um, well, Joel's going to be on the play. I'm just saying. Uh, but, yeah, the shooting is going to be key. You know, it's – it's long been said that the role players play shoot better at home, right? And, you know, you can make a case, both teams, um, they're looking at their threes that they didn't make tonight, and they had some looks. Um, it almost feels like I felt after the two games in Miami. So game five is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I love, absolutely love, well, Joel's going to be on the plane. Yeah, that's, that's your difference maker right there. That's all the difference in the world right there. Joel is going to be on the plane this time. He's going to be back here in Philadelphia you know, wondering whether or not he's going to be able to play in this series. He's going to be playing. Uh, Joel Embiid, uh, after the game, I thought had the best thing to say. Uh, it was great what Doc had to say, and I think he summed it up rather well. But Joel Embiid, this is, what you, this is the mindset you always want your athletes to have no matter what. No matter how good, no matter how well they just played, you always want them to believe you ain't seen nothing yet. And here's how Joel Embiid talked about uh, what they got going on going forward in this series. No, we tied the series, um, but um, I don't think we've played our best basketball. Uh, tonight we had, you know, way too many turnovers. Uh, I think 16. Uh, so, and, you know, we missed a bunch of wide open shots. Um, you know, we had a, a couple possessions offensively uh, that didn't go our way. And then defensively, at times, uh, especially at the end of that third quarter, we went, um, you know, together. So we got a lot of, you know, we got a lot of adjustments and a lot of room to grow. Uh, so we got to learn from it. So, but we are far from, you know, playing our best basketball. So that's the encouraging thing. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Baby. Sorry. Anyway, uh, is that clip done? Oh. Uh, so anyway, that's what you want you guys always believe. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best game's in front of us. I hope so. Because if there's a better version of James Harden than that, I'll take it. 
Okay, yes, the guy without the six turn was fine. But I've mentioned that too many times for a guy that had 31 points and carried this team in the fourth quarter, and that's not my intent, but that's the way it is. Uh, and Joel Embiid still being able to have himself. By the way, like Joel Embiid in this game as well, uh, 24 points, 11 rebounds, <laughs> two double-doubles with a broken face. Like everything needs to be Joel Embiid, this, that, and the other, dot, 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 ellipses, you know, dot, dot, dot. With a broken face. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can't make enough of that point. Cannot make enough of that point. And he was 9 of 13 from, uh, from, the, from the free throw line as well, by the way. Uh, you always want these guys to know that there's something better ahead of them feel as if there's something better ahead of them here's the biggest difference you can make uh aside of you know an mvp playing for you in Joel Embiid. but the biggest difference you can take uh and try to make in this game in this series is how you're going to shoot on the road and now that Joel Embiid is back you hope that that is all the difference they need and it's a pretty big difference so you can have confidence in his return, that his return will lead to better three-point opportunities for the Sixers team. Uh, they got open looks in Miami in games one and two, and they did not connect. I'll say it again. They shot 16% from beyond the arc in game one. That's bad. A lot of those shots, they were wide open threes that were clank off the rim. Joel Embiid's presence should give him even better opportunities and more often uh, have those better opportunities more often from beyond the arc. Let's hope that that's the impact. And if those shots aren't falling, guess what? You might have a guy in the low post named Joel Embiid to uh, finish off some points for you. Finish off some plays, that is. And that's what I look forward to seeing. Uh, but it's going to be a matter of George Niang. It's going to be a matter of Danny Green hitting his shots uh, from downtown. He was three for four last night. <clears throat> and he's been a totally different guy since returning to South Philadelphia. Uh, he's been a totally different guy. No better example than the 21 points he dropped in the uh, game three on Friday night. It really is incredible. Uh, continue with our post-game report. You heard from Joel Embiid. You heard from Doc Rivers. Uh, now let's hear from the man of the hour, James Harden. Here he is being asked about what was the difference in his game between uh, games one and two and then three and four. So how do you kind of describe what you did tonight? Uh, just took what the defense gave me. Um, same shots, just made you know made some. Nothing really changed, man. I just I made some shots. That's that's. I mean, obviously, that's against a game changer. But just being being aggressive and, and that fourth quarter, I think that that group that started the fourth quarter did a really good job of pushing the lead up and doing what we're supposed to do. I think James Harden watches the show. I think James Harden listens to the podcast. Uh, he just took what the defense gave him. Great idea. 
More of that, please. <coughs> Scusi. This team plays the way they play. Look, it's, it goes without saying. They play with the way they played in the fourth quarter. They're not losing anytime soon. But I don't expect 16-point performances from James Harden every fourth quarter the Sixers team plays from here on out. That'd be nice. I, I just don't. I just don't think it happens. Um, I think that's a safe bet to say it's not going to happen. Uh, I referenced earlier, this was the longest streak he had gone between 25-point games in the playoffs, uh, second longest in his career. So, yes, th- this is, these aren't the games I'm betting on. These are the games I'm rooting for. Uh, but you get James Harden on the floor with Joel Embiid, and you have them take on this Miami Heat team that's playing it with a banged-up uh, Kyle Lowry. A Bam out of bio that seems like he can't get out of his own way. That's absolutely getting, being owned by Joel Embiid. And I did have concern because Bam out of bio is, is, is a 10 times better center than anything Toronto could throw at him and a much more physical center than anything Toronto could, could throw at him. And he's going to be playing against a guy that t- torn ligaments in his thumb. Forget that. The broken face and the concussion protocol. Yeah, I thought Bam out of bio would be playing better defense than Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid had five different defenders on him in that first quarter, and he scored on every one of them. So I don't think Miami's got an answer. <laughs> Even with an all-star center, a physical center like Bam Adebayo, a very athletic center like Bam Adebayo, yeah, they don't got an answer. So go ahead. If you shoot 16% from beyond the arc again like you did in game one, you're going to still have a much better chance to win this game because of what Joel Embiid will be able to create for you in the low post. And the other thing, Joel Embiid's shot has been way off from beyond the arc. Uh, foul shooting wise, I mentioned the what, nine of 13 last night. That's pretty damn good for most players. That's not pretty damn good for Joel Embiid. It seems like definitely between the thumb, the, the, the head not being in the right place physically, not mentally, but physically, because he's trying to clear the cobweb still. Uh, and the, I, I won't mention again, uh, I won't say broken face. I just said it. Damn. Uh, fracture in his face. Um, he's, he's not, he's far from hundred percent as we know. And he said it after the game as well, far from hundred percent. But him down low in in the paint, there's no answer for him. Even with all the ailments that we've rattled off. If you're a Monty Python fan, he's the the, the, the Black Knight, is what he is. It's merely a flesh mode. Whatever. Uh, And he keeps on going. He's not quitting. There's no quitting this guy. Love what I'm seeing from Joel Embiid. Uh, So there he is on that last night. And then... um, or that was uh, you know, the James Harden on uh, you know what they're going to continue doing. Let's hope. Uh, and then finally, I wanted to get this to you. Uh, Tobias Harris was punched in the throat last night, ladies and gentlemen. And after the game, if you didn't hear him, Bam Adebayo got him. I think it was an elbow to the throat. He went down like a sack of potatoes and was clenching his throat. And I was thinking to myself, so hold on a second. Joel Embiid's trying to block a shot by Jimmy Butler. And on the follow-through, he hits him in the face, he gets a flagrant one. So no intent, but like a vicious act, right? Bam Adebayo is trying to go up for a shot, uh, for a rebound, and while he's putting his arm back, elbows Tobias Harris in the throat. And there's no flagrant, no nothing. I said, play on. Carry on. For me, what they have done to the word flagrant in basketball is just egregious. I'll never get over it. I, I, for anyone that grew up playing basketball, when you heard flagrant foul, like you thought somebody's like, I don't know, you thought somebody was going to die. Like you thought 
there was like an attempted assault on the court and like people were crying and people are bleeding. Like that's what you thought. Now it's like, well, it was part of the play, but it's a flagrant. Like, you know, it's, you can't just change that word. It means anyway, whatever. Um, can't just change definitions on us. But they did, and we just kind of have to get used to it. We don't have to like it. We've kind of get used to it. Uh, but Tobias Harris still took to the podium after the game. And here's Toby when he was asked about his throw punch and what this uh, Sixers team did last night. Well, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Can you tell us about the collective effort and toughness it took from all of you, including your last few minutes tonight? Yeah, I think, you know, when we got going... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when we got going in, uh, in the early in the fourth quarter, we were able to get a bunch of stops and get out. Um, and, um, you know, that, that just led to the energy of the group. You know, we were really able to put them in the bonus early, so that helped us out as well. That fourth quarter, start of the fourth quarter really did it. Listen to that man's voice. Listen to this one more time. Play a little bit of it. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> I'm all right. I love any press conferences. It starts off, are you okay? It, does Tobias Harris there, hit me up in the, in the chat. Does Tobias Harris, or on social media, does Tobias Harris sound more like an R&B singer? Like a, almost like a Barry White type of voice right there. Or is it more of a... Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll go to Miami. Yeah. And John B is going to be on the plane. He had a little Godfather in him. I thought I heard a little, I heard a little Brando in there. I heard a little Brando. Well, Tobias Harris, when it comes to fourth quarters, he's making the heat an offer they can't refuse. That's how great that guy's playing in the fourth quarter of these games. Need more of it. That's what you call a selfish segment just so I could do the Brando. That's a selfish segment. But in all seriousness, I wanted you to hear Tobias Harris after the game because he got throat punched and there's nothing called on the play. Damn officials. <sighs> Let me tell you guys about the amazing people at Rothman Orthopedics. That was our Rothman Orthopedics post-game report. Hey, remember the old you? The ones that have to put up with a fickle knee, a finicky hip, or a shoulder that no longer does what a shoulder should do. The Rothman approach to orthopedics is here to get you back to being you. Back to running, back to walking, back to playing, back to working, back to living your life the way you want. With same-day appointments available, you can start today at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. Rothman Orthopedics, the official orthopedic partner of your Phillies, Eagles, and Sixers. That's RothmanOrtho.com. Ho-ho! I'm getting some good feedback from you guys. Getting some good feedback. Freestone Farm CBD. FreestoneFarmCBD.com. Check it out for yourself. This is the good stuff. Okay. I'm sure you've tried a lot of other brands, but honestly, Freestone Farm CBD is amazing. Great after working out. Great to help you fall asleep at night. It's great post workout as well, make you feel better. Oh, what's even more exciting? Our friends at Freestone Farms just unveiled an all new strain menu with some supremely good CBD at prices you'll love. Check out freestonefarmcbd.com. You'll find it all right there. The menu is something you'll absolutely have to check out with strains uh, like their insane tropical Bayox that clocks in at a chart topping 24.1% and a super CBD, uh, which is also 
half Hindu Kush, and 21%. The genetics, oof, these guys, they just don't. Yeah, they outdo themselves every single time. Uh, they grow their premium hemp flower in the Garden State with all organic inputs and IPM. There's absolutely nothing synthetic from this jar. After harvest, they carefully preserve all the plant compounds with a perfect three-month cure. Just one look or smell is enough to know that this CBD is done right and that this product is great for anyone looking to take a natural approach to everything we put in our bodies. Oh, and how about this? Twenty? Uh, you want 20% off? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Do you want 20% off? Do you want 20% off the best CBD you'll ever have in your life? Oh, man. How about this? Use promo code FARZY. That's right. Promo code FARZY for 20% off at checkout. That's promo code FARZY at freestonefarmcbd.com. That's freestonefarmscbd.com. Dot com for 20% off. Uh, how about our friends at PHL Sports Station, Philadelphia Sports Station, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience across all social media and blogs. That's phlsportsnation.com. <clears throat> I'm now off that little chat track. Selfish. That's selfish of me. Just, just selfish of me. Selfish. Mullet, what's going on? Welcome to the chat check. Kevin, what's going on, man? Nice to see you. Mullet, hello again. Uh, John Cheeseboro, hello, sir. Nice to see you again, my friend. Mally, what's going on? Fuji, how are you? Oh, all these people, just very excited. Mally, I believe you started off the last couple of post-victory shows with Smoke em If You Got Them. The floor is yours. Fuji, hello again. Jan, are we permitted to, are we permitted to skip Philly's talk and just focus on happy talk? Oh, we talking happy. Oh, we talking happy. Uh, they feared the embeard, says John Cheeseboro. That's certainly what it seems like. Dan, hardened back from the dead. Phillies are completely lifeless. Have you seen Joe Girardi after these games? Not to go off on a Phillies tangent too much. But I've been working on this oppression. And for the people on the podcast, I apologize. This is a nonverbal, non-audio. So I'll try to do perfect play-by-play. Here's my impression of uh, the Phillies uh, going to bed at night. For the people on the podcast, I just looked under my chair as if to be a member of the Phillies looking under their bed for Pete Alonzo because they are terrified of Pete Alonzo. Thank you. Two home runs against the Phillies yesterday. In game two of that series, they win game one, win game one, which is game two of the series. Then they lose game three of the series, which was game two of the doubleheader yesterday because there was a lot of rain over the weekend. Uh, and in game two of the doubleheader, Pete Alonso went yard twice. The second one, I, I think they measured it at like 5,000 feet. I don't know. It was really far. It was like under Harry the K's in deep left center field. And the ball was just tattooed. It was... It was ridiculous is what it was. So for me, it was pretty crazy. And I think for a lot of people, it was pretty damn crazy as well. But Pete Alonso went off on the Phillies over the weekend, as he has been doing so far this season, and blah, 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 blah. And Joe Girardi just looks like he – we're talking about lifeless. Joe Girardi now looks like a guy who's waiting to get fired. Like, I hate reading into body language because I know you can always misinterpret things, but, like, the body language is awful. It's like, what are we going to do at this point? Like, that's what it feels like. Like, yes, this lineup should be able to mash. And that, it just it hasn't felt like that. Even in the game they won, uh, Bryce Harper was mashing, which is great. 
says hi mom love you mom on mother's day which was beautiful uh but this team is just the consistency isn't there yet i'm not gonna lose my mind i'm just saying right now joe girardi looks like a guy who was just waiting to get fired and it looks like the mats are being like hey don't fire this guy we like him running things whatever it is he's doing it's working for us good times thank god for the sixers uh they fear the beard john you're right dan harden back from the dead that's great uh just you can tell they were just so damn arrogant and smug when they were up 2-0 uh but it was a fraudulent 2-0 because it was without Embiid. john i i got a feeling uh from the heat that they definitely were coming into south philly not cock like, i don't know not cocky like they were overconfident but oh if Embiid plays we still got this like and you, sure what's a team gonna believe like, like no, we, we're going to get blown out if Embiid plays. No, they're not going to have that type of mindset. But it's, I just got the feeling, similar to what you were thinking, that the Heat were a little too comfortable. Let's put it that way. A little too comfortable, even with Embiid coming back. Oh, they still got this. Uh, Harden, where is my Harden was washed crew? Real time, I was thinking of you last night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because I had arguments with people about James Harden and what he is now versus what he could be and uh, what he was. All stuff. This was the first game you saw him take over. I don't. I, this isn't James Harden consistently. What you saw in the fourth quarter last night is the exception to the rule. I'm happy last night happened. If last night didn't happen. The Sixers are down 3-1. I'm convinced of that. I don't think I don't think Joel Embiid was going to take anything over in that fourth quarter. Joel Embiid was in that fourth quarter to be an offensive presence and a defensive weapon. That's what he gave you in the fourth quarter last night. James Harden said James Harden and Tobias Harris were the only Sixers to hit field goals. Everybody else was about the free throw. That's what you got in the fourth quarter. Toby and James Harden, the only guys that hit for, uh, field goals, uh, from, you know, shooting from the floor. Only guys to make baskets. Everybody else was uh, from the foul line. You weren't going to win that game unless James Harden did what he did. I don't think Tobias Harris was going to do it as good as he's been playing. I don't think Tyrese Maxey was going to do it as well as he's been playing. James Harden was the only one who was going to be able to step up and do it. He did it. He won you that game. He clinched that game with how he played in the fourth quarter. That's great. I know he's capable of that, but he's only capable of that few and far between. As I pointed out earlier, it had been 13 games in the playoffs, 13 playoff games since he had scored 25-plus points. Hey, there was no better time to do that than last night. That's clutch. That's what you want from James Harden. But it's the exception. It's not the rule. I'm glad he was there to do it. They wouldn't have won the game last night without him in the fourth quarter. Uh, and now, this is the overall point. I still don't want to pay $270 million for that now now dan you point out the numbers i'll pay 270 million for 20 and 10 i'll do that for 20 points 10 assists i will do that 
because it's not just about the bottom line stat. It's about how it looks within the flow of a game. If that is him hitting two clutch threes in the fourth quarter, hell yeah, I'll take it. Like 20 and 10 for a guy like uh, Chris Paul. I look, I love what he does. He's great. And I know he fouled out of his game, like I mentioned earlier. But that, again, him fouling out that early is an exception to the rule for him. But I won't pay 270 for that for Chris Paul. I'll pay two. I'll pay two seventy for that for James Harden if he is hitting those clutch shots for you. If he is still facilitating. If he's also rebounding, yes, I'll do all that. If he's also going to the line and getting fouled, I'll pay for that. Uh, but again, I'm not seeing that on a reg. I'm not seeing that on the regular. And also, I don't think he's going to get two seventy. I think he's going to he's going to look at the the forty seven million he's going to get next year by opting in. I think he's going to look at that as his last huge payday for one year. Uh, and then I think he's going to sign an under-market deal to stay with the Sixers uh, and try to win a championship here. That's what I think is going to end up happening. I don't think the Sixers are going to pay him 270 I don't think he's signing that huge Kajunga mega deal after this season. Real-time disagree, Dan. What? Okay, I got you real time. Uh, he disagrees with Dan and I saying it's uh, it's like, what do y'all want? He can't shoot 30 times a game anymore. Not on this team. Other guys need shots, and he can take over when he wants. Win-win. See, that's the thing. He can't take over when he wants anymore. Last night, like now is the time, obviously, for that argument because he did it last night. But what about the previous 13 playoff games he played in? He's not a takeover guy on the regular anymore. That's what 270 is. You're taking over on the reg. He ain't that guy anymore. He's an occasional takeover. Like, well, it's every 13 games. He'll take over. Um, last night was the exception. It wasn't the rule. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, real time. Uh, Chris Paul, and that's not even the eight. Um, Jim G, what's going on? <clears throat> Mally, Joel's presence alone took the heat off the game. That's like the point I was talking about earlier with uh, Joel and B just kind of being the badass in the in the uh, in the schoolyard. Where's Joel? He's homesick. Well, I can't fight that kid. Joel's my backup. The minute Joel beats back, baby, totally different ball game. <laughs> Mally, um, are you enjoying the Freestone Farm CBD already? Um, Mark, for a second, I thought you were shirtless. That color shirt blends. I had a concern. I had a concern when I bought this shirt. I was like, does it blend with my, my skin tone? It's not a flesh-colored shirt. It's a tan shirt. I hope it's coming off in the chat. I hope it's coming off on camera. For the people on the podcast, I'm wearing a tan shirt. <laughs> Uh, Siakam public enemy number one what uh, John Cheeseboro I still want to find Siakam grab him by his ankles and swing him into a wall uh, because this would be a different series if he was there if Joel Embiid was there for games one and two totally agree what color is that shirt tan beige taupe creamsicle <laughs> Dan you're hilarious it's not creamsicle taupe is probably a bit more accurate it's weird. Whenever I think of Tope now, I always think of Ocean's Eleven with uh, the, 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 the George Clooney fellow and that Brad Pitt guy because there's a comment about why they paint hallways that color, and now this shirt is painted like a hallway in a casino is what I think of. 
They say taupe is soothing. <laughs> uh, Dan and Mark, uh, Dan and Mark uh, says he is sick. No, uh, yes, I am sick. Uh, April, what's going on, April? Good morning and happy belated Mother's Day to you. See, wait, Mark Farzetta is a five points, five fouls point guard, or is are you saying that about Chris Paul? Because I'll foul, man. When I foul, I foul hard. That's why I don't foul often because I care about the well being of other people. And yes, I had five points in that charity game I played in a couple of weeks ago because I drained my first three, missed like the next seven, and then I hit a layup. And I was pretty proud of that layup because I pump faked the guy out of his shoes. Tell you what's what. Uh, Girardi looks like a wax statue. Girardi's got himself some... um, Girardi's got himself some Popeye forearms, man. Tell you that much. Jim Grasmeter, what's up, buddy? Last night's Harden is exactly what the Sixers thought they were getting. Yes, I would love to have that on the reg. Like I've been saying, I just don't think you're going to get that very often. I'm going to go and root for it, but I'm not going to bet on it. Sean, Mark, one woman at work is interested looking over my shoulder at you on the small screen. <clears throat> Why, hello. <laughs> um, is it because it's the, is it, is it the shirt? Is it the shirt that makes me look shirtless? Uh, oh, real time had to step out, but he's back now. What's up, real time? Uh, Mark is eating a, a big Buford burger with every shot Harden makes. Uh, I I have not treated myself to fast food uh, since that time months ago. I told you guys I had some fast food. I really could go for some. Like when you're sick and you're not eating, man, you know what I did after the show on uh, Friday? I ordered a, and I rarely do this anymore, just a pizza shop pizza. Not like a specialty. I didn't like go on an app. I called a place and I ordered a pepperoni pizza with, Hot peppers on it, because I, I needed something. I needed some hot peppers, man. Oh, and I just knew that when I was going to have my cream, because like when you're sick, you go through these long periods of like I don't feel like eating, I don't feel like eating, I don't feel like eating, and then all of a sudden you're really hungry. And I just wanted to make sure I had a big, greasy, disgusting pizza in the fridge and a twenty-piece hot wings. And um, that was Friday. It's gone. It uh, there's not a morsel of any of that left in my fridge. Not not a speck. That's how I, it was a cure, and I feel a lot better now about life, tell you that much. But I, I could go for a big Buford right now, now that you got me thinking about it. Now that you got me thinking about it. Um, oh, April. Oh, my wife's great. She feels great. And yes, we've all been testing. Wife, we've all been testing for COVID. We're good as far as that goes. The kids are good. Uh, my wife's good. Um, as frequent, uh, but April reference, this is a, now this is a poll that not a lot of people know, but April, this is great. When you're sick, you need pastina. Pastina for, for those that don't know is a, it's like specks and like a lot of it's starred pasta, like little tiny specks of star pasta. Like it looks like little stars, um, for the people, uh, a lot of times it's an, it's in a scroll soup, like wedding soup. Uh, it's like the little specks of pasta in that, but that was a cure-all. Uh, if you were a kid, a lot of times that's what like the first food you ate as a kid. Uh, if you grew up in an Italian family, um, but yeah, I tried to make it. My daughter loved it. I made it for her a couple of weeks ago. She loved it. Um, but that's the perfect. 
Yeah, April, I see you're saying it right there. It's the perfect cure-all for everything. Sick, a little pastina. A little pastina. That's all you need. My mom on the Polish side of the family, you're sick. Take a shower. You feel better. The Italian side, you're sick. Have some pastina. Um, Kevin Guest. What's up, Kevin? Good morning. As, as frequent as Harden can do that, he did that last night. Ben Simmons would never do that in the fourth quarter. Very different type of performance. You're exactly right. And I have had that thought a couple of different times. Um about like what if Ben was still here, obviously, and Harden wasn't. And I mean, what other conclusion can you draw other than he he would choke? I mean, I I know everyone talks about the past the thigh bowl, and I've certainly talked about that to death. But like, let's not also forget that this was a guy that scored one point in a playoff game against the Boston Celtics. Like he hasn't vastly improved or extended his offensive game. Like I'm not going back to that subject. The last thing I'll say on it, but yeah, it has crossed my mind. And it's like, no, I'm still better off. It's like still better off with James Harden. Cause at least the possibilities there that'll take over the game. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. <laughs> Jim Grassmeter. How did they get that pastina so small? Oh, ginger ale. Jim, you're right. Ginger ale is uh, always a good one. <laughs> Kevin Guest. Scroll and uh, 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 pastina is the Italian penicillin. <laughs> Very true. Uh... Sean, what's going on? No, no, no hello back from the lady? Why hello? It was the Brando impression, really. It was the looking top, me looking topless in the Brando impression is probably what it was. Uh, but thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are awesome. Ginger ale is also magical, plus it's a great mixer. <laughs> I don't, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever had a mixed drink I liked. Not a mixed drink. Like I drink Jack Daniels. One time I was on a flight and the nice lady misunderstood and thought I said Jack and Ginge and I couldn't drink it. It was just, oh. I was like, I'm sorry, is this ginger ale in it? That's, I just, no, thank you. No, thank you. Anyway, uh, thanks for reading the chat. You guys are awesome, uh, as per usual. Hey, did you see, let's move on to our morning rush, brought to you by Sky Motor Cars, skymotorcars.com. Hey, did you happen to notice at the end of the third quarter, 19 seconds left, Kyle Lowry's bringing the ball up and there was a guy asleep in the stands? Did you guys see that? Apparently the guy's a, um, a car dealership owner. Or salesman, I don't know. Uh, I didn't rec I didn't recognize the commercial, but um, I just thought on Mother's Day it was the biggest dad flex ever. Because there's no better dad line than I'm not asleep. I was just resting my eyes, um, and to be resting your eyes courtside of a playoff game late in the third quarter. Thought that was pretty hilarious. Uh, so I just wanted to get that comment in. As I've been mentioning throughout the show, Sixers Heat Game 5 tomorrow night, 7.30 tip-off. This game will also be on TNT in Miami with the James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris-led 76ers. Here's the not shooting 16% from beyond the arc in that game. That'd be nice. So the Sixers got that going on for themselves. Ugh. Phillies, after their doubleheader last night, splitting the doubleheader 3-2 and 6-1 with that loss, uh, they now head to Seattle for a 9.40 start time tonight as they'll begin a series 
with the uh, Seattle Mariners. It's a three-game set. Ranger Suarez gets the ball for the Phillies tonight as they start up that series. Phillies, bottom line, are just terrified of the New York Mets. Checking under their bed for Pete Alonso, and there's really not much the Phillies can do about it, unfortunately. Uh, here's the good news for the Phillies. Um, they don't have to face the Mets, oh, wait, till the end of the month. Was hoping it'd be a break. Not happening. They go to City Field May 27th, 28th, and 29th. So until then, maybe they'll get over their Pete Alonso fears. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Jim Hyden produced the program, did a phenomenal job. As per usual, this is a Buzz Sports Entertainment production. My name is Mark Farzetta for the Farzy Show, presented by Destination Retirement, DestinationRetirement.com. And I come to you live every day. A new episode drops live 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. every day from the Steven Singer Studios. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Let's go Sixers.